Nations Month, and our students and kids gave over $20,000, and it was just amazing. And uh, so we got to celebrate this last Wednesday night. And with all the pies, Stan was talking about it earlier, but I wanted to show you some pictures. We, we can roll through those because, I mean, what's pie night without pictures? So if you weren't able to be there, I mean, we had some fun. There, there's Stan surrendering. Oh, we've got Lee. Oh, man. Just the anointing that they got through those, those pies was so much fun. Uh, but just to see the faithfulness that, that God had uh, as kids stepped out, as teenagers stepped out and said, you know what? We're going to be faithful, and uh, we're, we're going to trust in God to do the incredible thing. So uh, that was pie night, if you missed it. That's the before. There's the after right there. Oh, man, that was glorious. So some good things. Pastor Joni and I even got pied, too. So, And we're, we're still here today, still making it happen. So thank you all for giving. Uh, God did some incredible things, and, and uh, we believe God's not done yet. We're going to keep on going, keep on doing some incredible things for our missionaries. And uh, we've got some more great things to share in the weeks ahead. I want to let you know, now I promise we're not jumping the gun here, all right? This week is Thanksgiving. We're going to get to that in a minute. So just pause for a second, because uh, i got to talk to you about Christmas, okay? Because that's, that's coming up too. But we're going to get to Thanksgiving yet today. Uh, on your seats, when you came in, you got this nice little ticket, all right? Christmas at the movies. Next week, we are starting a series called Christmas at the movies, and I'm really excited for it, because we get to do, uh, you know, Jesus, in his time, he would often tell parables about familiar things to help us understand these deep spiritual truths, so he would pick things like fishing or farming to help people understand. Well, here's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to use a story about familiar things, like Christmas movies, right? Who loves a good Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. So we're going to be using some of your favorite movies to illustrate some deep spiritual truths that I believe God wants to unfold and tell us in these next uh, five weeks. So this is a little invite that you can use. Now, you don't need a ticket to get in the building, uh, but you can hand these out to your friends, to your family, because who knows, maybe it's a little Christmas movie that they think, wow, this is going to be cool, that they'll come into church for the first time and they get to hear the gospel. And uh, so we're going to show clips from some of the movies in the next few weeks. And so I encourage you to take these. Uh, we've got more at the welcome desk and invite all your friends, invite your family, and we're going to have a fun time uh, the next few weeks here at AFA as we look at Christmas at the movies. Uh, also, uh, again, along the lines of Christmas, we'll get to Thanksgiving in just a moment, but uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, we are going to be transforming the church uh, to Christmas. So uh, if you have gifts in decorating or setting up trees, or you just like Christmas and you want to come on out, it's going to be a great time, 3 p.m. Uh, this afternoon. You can come out anytime after that, and uh, we're going to put all the trees up and everything like that, but the more hands, the better. It's just going to be a fun time, so I encourage you to come on out uh, if you've got some time this afternoon at 3 o'clock at church. And then also, one other thing, uh, next Sunday, we are starting a brand new Sunday school class, uh, and it's going to be in the Connections Room. So the adult Bible study that's normally in the reception room is going to be over in the Connections Room, and we're going to be doing a new study called The Savior is Born. Uh, a Savior is Born. It's a video series with some discussion after that, so I encourage you, uh, come on out for that. We've got something for all ages at that time. Uh, Sunday school hour starts at 9.30, goes until about 10.15, so we'd love to have you uh, join us for that. So I'm excited for what God's going to do uh, this, this Christmas season. So that's all the Christmas that I've got for you this week, all right? Next week it'll be official, but all right, we, we now join the regular programming here to get back to, to Thanksgiving and all of those good things today, because uh, we get to share about that. Uh, but first, we've got 
It's baptism Sunday today. That's, some of you guys are running like, what's this tank doing here? It's water baptism Sunday. So I'm excited. Uh, we have a, a couple people who said, you know what? I have given my life to Jesus, and I want to make the next step. I, I want to share my faith. I want to declare that I have been born again, that Jesus has come in and made me new. And that's what water baptism is. It's not salvation. Uh, anyone who, who comes up here today, they've already made that decision. They've said, you know what, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Uh, but this is following Jesus' command. He told his disciples to therefore go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're doing today. We're, we're following Jesus' command. We're following his example. Jesus was baptized as well. Um, so I'm so excited. And, and today, maybe you weren't on the list to begin with, but today you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what? Um, you know, I've accepted Christ as my Savior, and, and I, I want people to know that. I want to declare that publicly. And uh, today you can get baptized as well. Uh, while, while this is happening, if that's you and you say, hey, I didn't come prepared today, we've got some extra towels. Uh, we can make some things happen. Just come. I'll be right on this front pew. You can come catch me. Love to chat with you, and we can, we can make that happen today just following. Uh, there was Peter gave a sermon on the day of Pentecost after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It said 3,000 people came to Jesus. And they didn't even come prepared to get baptized that day. But they left uh, being baptized the day because they believed. And, and then they said, hey, let's, let's get baptized. Let's do this thing. Let's declare that Jesus is my Lord. So I encourage you, uh, even if you didn't come ready today, come, come chat with me in, in just a minute here. And uh, we can make that happen today. Uh, but Pastor Joni, would you come? And uh, would you share our, our first person getting baptized today? Well, good morning again. Rosa, would you come and join me, please? Rosa Howard is our first person to be baptized. You guys can come on up too, his fam her family. And Rosa, I'm going to have you, you're going to share with the people, okay, about what Jesus has done in your life, how he's changed you, how you came to know him. So I'm going to let you tell them what Jesus means to you. Um, when I was little, I always liked to go to, um, so I went to class, and uh, when I was little in preschool, I always liked to sit down and listen to the Bible stories, and I thought that that was just an amazing thing, and that I started to love God and put him in my life. Alright, did you pray your prayer at all? Yes, um, so in the morning, when we came, we would all go on the carpet, and we would all pray, and then it's like when it was lunchtime, we would pray, and then we would go to lunch. All right. And, and Rosa, how, is your, how has your life been different since you gave your life to Jesus? Well, I definitely have been, you know, thinking about him. I have been worshiping him more and putting him in my life, giving, like, a little bit more faith in my heart. Awesome. Awesome. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. You know, when, when the Lord gets a heart at this age, what do you think that he can do? He can do. So, Rosa, I'm going to have you jump in. No, don't jump. Just uh, sit here. Step up in there. I'm going to put this microphone down so I don't electrocute myself. And uh, turn the other way, Ben. Rosa, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, 
I baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Pastor Sterling, why don't you come on down? How exciting is that? That is some good stuff. Pastor Sterling's coming with, with one of our teenagers, Isaac, and uh, he's got a great story to share. Hey guys, man, I am so excited that today we get, to, I get to, we get to share with the whole church a little bit of some powerful things that have been happening in the youth group. Isaac, I am so excited to do this, but man, this is your story. So let's tell, us a, let's tell everybody a little bit about what was your life like before Jesus? Uh, so before, uh, I grew, I live in a religious household, but I never really walked in it, never really was serious in it, never really cared. I lied, I stole. Okay. And, man, it was in that time that, man, what really, what was that special turning point for you? Do you want to share a little bit about that? Uh, it was over the summer at camp. It was, so, first night, at, when he asked us to declare Jesus as Lord, a bunch of people stood up, right? And at, through the entire time, he was explaining why people did it and what it, what, sorry, I, I didn't really think. So over the night had me thinking then, I was kind of frustrated with myself that I didn't realize what it all meant at first to follow God. So, second night he asked he asked the question and it was just my mind just battling just saying you're going to stand. You're not going to stand. You're going to stand. You're not going to stand. You're going to stand. So, So when he started to count down, it just kind of like went back and forth, like I said. And finally, he got to one, and I was the only one that night who stood up and declared Jesus as God. And I want to say that when I watched Isaac stand up in, in full boldness and faith and say, I declare Jesus as Lord, that was a powerful, powerful moment in it was so amazing. So Isaac, tell us a little bit after that moment and in these coming months and as we've been in, together in youth group, as, we've, as you've lived life, as you've been in school, how have things been different since that moment? Well, uh, you can ask my parents. I'm not as rebellious as I was. Uh, I was definitely a lot more calm and didn't blow up as easily. Like, that was definitely a big thing. I was more honest, a little too honest. Uh, I started to praise God more, started to pray to him, started to fully, well, not fully understand. You'll never fully understand God, is what I like to think. Uh, I I always felt more like 
after it, I felt more happy, more full of joy, more full of love. Like, I had a, I got a heart, like, if I saw a person, I could pretty much tell almost just by looking at their eyes if they were Christian or not is what it felt like. And I just had kind of a heart to, like, pray for them for, like, two seconds, then just move on with my life. That's pretty much how it went. And man, it, that's just awesome. Guys, give it up for Isaac and what has happened in his life. And we thank you so much of like y'all supporting it. But we, I just, I just want to give glory to God in this moment. Of guys, this is what Jesus does in the lives of our students. This is what Jesus does, and it is just so absolutely powerful. So, at this moment, we're gonna go ahead and step into the tank. If you want to do it, how Rosa did it, Pastor Ben. If you want to join me. Comfortable? Is it nice and cold? <laughs> Alrighty. Isaac, upon your profession of faith, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. man. God, God is so good, isn't he? He is so good. I, I love to hear stories of what God is, is doing in our kids and in our teenagers. And, and uh, before I forget, is there anybody else? You'd say, you know, I've never been baptized in water, but we want to give that opportunity every, every time we do this. So last chance. All right. Sounds good. Let me, let me switch over here. But it's amazing to see what, what God is doing. And to hear the stories of transformation. Uh, God is on the move in this place. And I, and I love just hearing what God did in Isaac's life at camp. And uh, what, what God did in Rosa's life. Just on an everyday going to, going to class, going to Sunday school. All those different things. Of uh, Man, it's so worth it. It is so worth it to, to lead. Thank you for being kids leaders. Thanks for being camp leaders. Uh, thanks for giving of your time because lives are being changed. Uh, so I, I'm just so grateful for what God's doing. Let's just take a moment and let's just pray. Jesus, we're so thankful. God, thank you that you changed lives. God, that this isn't just some place that, that we come and it's a, a, a place where we fellowship and get together. It's so much more than that because we serve a Savior who changes lives, who, who changes us, where, where once we used to lie, but now we tell the truth. Once we were broken, but now we were whole. God, once we were sinners, but now we're, we're saved by your grace. And so, Lord, we're just so thankful. God, thank you for, for what you did in, in the lives of, uh, of Rosa and Isaac and so many others in this place. So, God, we, we pray that you be with us today. God, speak to us today. Change us today. In your name, amen. Amen. Uh, well, this morning, uh, after seeing some amazing things happen there, I want you to grab your Bibles. I want you to open them up to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at uh, three short verses today. In fact, the, the three verses... Uh, make up one sentence. So we're going to look at one sentence from the Bible today, uh, but it is some deep stuff because it is all about God's will. 
It's all about God's will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, let me ask a question to you. How many of you would say you want to know what God's will is for your life? You ever wondered that before? All right, so today I'm going to tell you. All right, so you just take some notes. No. Uh, we're we're going to look at it, though, of God's will. I wish it would just be so clear and so simple for you. We, we see today, I know for a fact, that Rosa and Isaac were following God's will today by getting baptized. Right? It, we know. He commanded us. He, he did the example. So I know that Rosa and Isaac today, they were in God's will by getting baptized. Wouldn't you wish that everything was just so black and white, so obvious of God's will, like, which job do I take? Uh, I don't know. You know, which one do I take? Which which person should I marry? Uh, you know, this is difficult. Uh, which place should I go? You know, which friends should I have? Uh, what should I do? And there's so many decisions we make on a day-to-day basis. Which one's God's will? And so maybe you've wondered that before, or tried to figure out those things before. So today I want to look again at these uh, three simple verses. And it gives us three simple things that we can do to make sure that we are in God's will. Three things that if you follow them, it's going to put you at the center of God's will. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting with verse 16, says this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All right? Like I said, three simple things. All you have to do is rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. You got it, right? You guys don't even need me to talk about this, right? You can just head out the door. You got it. The problem is those don't sound so simple, right? Let me talk to you about three scary words in there. Always, continually, and all. Those are some scary words. Like, how can we do that? God, why would you give us this impossible task? I mean, you might as well have just said, if you guys want to be in my will, if you want to be in God's will, then just don't sin ever. Sure, God, easy, no problem, right? But it, it says always, continually, all. Now, if it would say, breathe always, blink continually, and make your heart beat in all circumstances, like, okay, I got that one, right? Because those are just on the subconscious level. It's just part of who we are. It just always happens. Unless, have you ever stopped to think about blinking, Right? And you start doing it. Now, the rest of the time, you're probably going to be sitting there like, all right, what if I don't blink anymore? You know? I don't know. These are thoughts that go through my head. Maybe not yours. All right. But, but subconsciously, we can do those things all the time. So, but how do we take this prayer, rejoicing, thanks? How do we take that from something that's kind of work, something that we do, and it can be difficult, and we have to force ourselves? How do we take it from that conscious level to the subconscious? It's not what we do. It's just who we are, right? We're just constantly in prayer. We're just constantly rejoicing. We're constantly giving thanks. How do we do that? How do we change our brains? How do we change who we are to do those different things? So I want to look at these three and and break down how can these impossible things be possible. So the first one we want to look at today, how in the world can we rejoice always? How do we rejoice always? Now, first, let me start you with some good news. It does not say be happy always, all right? You don't have to be happy always to rejoice always. God gave us many emotions, right? And so thankfully, we don't have to be happy always because that'd be impossible. Happiness rises and falls with our circumstances. Uh, For example, last Sunday, 
uh, I was sad, and then I was happy, and then I was depressed, and then I was excited, and then I was miserable, and then I was ecstatic, all in about two hours, and that's just because I was watching the Vikings game. <laughs> right? That was a ride. So I, I'm so grateful that it doesn't say be happy always. I mean, look back at your week. Were you happy all week this week? Were you constantly on that high? What was your highest high? What was your lowest low? It's constantly changing because our emotions, they rise and fall with our circumstances. So it doesn't say be happy always. It says rejoice always. Rejoice always. And as Christians, we can rejoice always because our joy isn't based on circumstances. Our joy is based on God. Circumstances change, but my God's the same yesterday and today and forever. So we can rejoice always because it, we, we trust in God, we serve God, we, we have this rock on which we stand that does not change. And so even when things get bad, our God is good, and we can rejoice always. You know, there's over 150 times in the Bible where it tells us to rejoice in the Lord. Over 150 times. It doesn't say rejoice in your circumstances, it says rejoice in the Lord. And some of those, it's when things are going great and when things are, are happy. But oftentimes, it's rejoice in the Lord when things are going bad, when, when you're at your worst. Uh, it says, when you don't have much, rejoice because God's given you what you do have. The Bible shows us that we rejoice when we're working hard and it just feels like a struggle. We rejoice because God blesses us in our hard work. In suffering, we rejoice because we know that God is producing things inside of us. He's producing character. He's producing, he's producing hope inside of us, even in our suffering. We rejoice even when everything seems bad because of God's goodness. We can rejoice in God's goodness. When the enemy's pressing in, we rejoice because we know victory comes from the Lord. Even in the face of death, we rejoice because we know that we have eternal life in Jesus and that our names are written in heaven. In the midst of lies, we rejoice in the truth that comes from the Lord. In affliction and anguish of our soul, we rejoice in God's unfailing love. In persecution, we rejoice because great is our reward in heaven. See, Jesus said even our grief would turn to joy, that, you know, we have sorrows, but in the, the morning comes joy, right? We can rejoice even in difficult circumstances because the Lord is our God. So in order to rejoice always... That means we got to get our focus off our circumstances and start putting our focus on Jesus, right? That's how we can rejoice always. We stop worrying about all of this stuff, and we just worry about what's going on up here. And knowing that God is in control and that the Lord is our God. Because it's really hard to rejoice when we're focused on the pain. It's hard to rejoice when we're focused on the problem. But it's easy to rejoice when we know that God's got us all in his hands. And he's working, he's working things out for the good of those who love him. So our focus needs to remain on Jesus if we want to be able to hit that rejoice always. Uh, it's not easy to do, but when we follow Jesus, uh, he, he can make it part of our lives, part of who we are. We can rejoice always. Second thing that we see in this, this passage. So it's rejoice always, and then it says pray continually. Pray continually. That one gets me, right? How in the world am I supposed to pray continually? That's, that's difficult. That seems impossible to do. How can I bow my head continually, right? How can I fold my hands continually? How can I uh, close my eyes continually? How can I speak continually? How can I be at this altar continually? How can I stay on my knees continually? 
I mean, a guy's got to live, right? He's got to eat and sleep and, and, and go to the bathroom and things like that. How am I supposed to pray continually? So it almost feels like it's setting me up for failure. How can I function as a human being and still follow this, this commandment we're given to pray continually? So I think what we can learn from this, you know, if we believe that, that God's a good God and that he wouldn't tell us to do something that was impossible, uh, then we learn some things about prayer in this verse. And one of those things is that the posture of prayer, you know, folding our hands or bowing our head, or uh, that those aren't necessarily of utmost importance. Are they important? Yes, absolutely. But are they of utmost importance? No, there's, there's other ways to pray. You could pray standing up. You can pray walking. You can pray while you're moving. Uh, we also can gather that the use of our voice is not always an essential element of, in prayer. Because if we're praying continually, we'd have to talk constantly. But prayer is a two-way conversation, right? So there's going to be times where we need to be silent. Uh, the place of prayer is not of complete importance because we go many places in this life and we need to be able to pray wherever we go. And the time of prayer is not, again, essential because we need to be able to pray always, which would be anytime. And you know, when we think of prayer, when we think of prayer, we, we view it as a time that we intentionally set aside, we get alone with God, you know, we get on our knees and, and we pray. And, and, and that is, that is, that's important. We need that. That is an important time in prayer where we get together and we just say, God, these next, you know, however long it is, this next five minutes, this next 10 minutes, this next hour, I'm devoting to you. I'm going to take time in prayer. Like, don't give up on that. Don't give up on that because that's an essential part of, of praying always, praying continually. But let me give you a, another definition of prayer so that can help you to pray continually right? Prayer is similar. The definition of prayer is just talking with God, having a conversation with God. Uh, it'd be very similar to talking with somebody on the phone, right? You call them up. You can't really see them, but you can hear them. You can talk. You can do all these things. You can have a conversation even though you're on the other side of the world from them. Same with God. Though you may not be able to see him, you know he's there with you, but you can talk. You can have this conversation with God. So let me talk to you about two different types of phone calls that we've got in relation to prayer. The, the first one would be this. Have you ever gotten a call from somebody who talks a lot and you don't want to talk a lot back to them, right? And your goal is just, how can I get out of this conversation as fast as I can, right? So you're, you're polite though, you're nice. And so you get done what you need to talk about and then eventually you switch to just one word answers. You know, like, okay, yes, great, perfect, yep. You know, and, you, and then eventually you get so annoyed you switch to just like grunts. Uh-huh, yeah, hmm, uh. You know, and, and you're doing whatever else you want. You're just trying to figure out how can I hang up this conversation sooner than later, right? You, you've been there before. So that's, that's phone conversation number one. On the other end of the spectrum of phone conversations is uh, this often happens, I'd say, like in long-distance dating relationships or you're away from your loved one. And so you just never want to hang up just talk to that person for hours and hours. And even, even after you're done, even though you have nothing to say because you just so badly wish you could be with that person, but you're not there, you just leave the phone conversation going. You do other things. You, you're sitting there and, and you're working or doing different things, but you know that they're still on the line, that they're there. You know, you can, you can hear them breathing, all those things. Maybe even fall asleep and you wake up the next morning and you still have the conversation going, Right? 
And I would say, you know, in our relationship with God, we can kind of be on either end of the spectrum. We can kind of be like, all right, God, you've got three minutes of my time. And, and we, we pray, but then after those three minutes, we hang up that phone. And we say, all right, done with that, check the box, I'm finished, I have prayed. But this verse says to pray continually. And I think our, our prayer life needs to be more like that second phone call, where we say, God, I'm not going to hang up on you. God, I'm not going to hang up on you. I may not have the words to say, I, I may not have things, but at any moment, I can pick up that line and I know that you're right there. And I, I'm ready to hear from you no matter where I go, whether I go to work whether I go to the grocery store, whether I go to my friend's house, uh, whether I'm with family, God, I know that you're right there with me and, and I want to hear from you every second. And we're constantly in that attitude of prayer. So to pray continually, we need to not put God on mute. We need to not hang up on God. Don't hang up on God. Don't hang up on him. Just be in that place because, you know, there's a lot of places where we can hang up on God and we can just, okay, I, I don't want him watching me right now. I don't want him on the other end of the line because I'm in a difficult spot right now. I, I know that God doesn't want me watching this, so I'm just going to hang up on him for a little while and we'll, we'll pick up the conversation later. Or I, I know I shouldn't be at this place, so we, we hang up on God and say, ah, I'll, I'll pick up the conversation later. But this verse says pray continually. Wherever we go, we need to have that attitude of prayer. Even if we're not using using words so much, but just having the heart of saying, God, I know you're here with me. God, I want what you want. I want what's best today. God, I want to hear from you. So God, if you want to speak to me, even at a strange time, God, I'm listening. God, my ears are open. My heart is ready to receive what you have today. So don't hang up on God. Third thing that this verse says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, good news here, it doesn't say give thanks for everything. I don't know, that might be a little loophole. Uh, but it does say to give thanks in all circumstances. In every situation that you face, there is something to be thankful for. Something to be thankful for. All right, the money's tight, but man, I'm thankful that I've got a job. Uh, the kids are crazy and misbehaving, but man, I'm blessed that I've got a family and that I get to spend time with them. Uh, maybe this Thanksgiving, you're going there, you've got family coming in, and you're sitting there like, man, my family is nuts. You know, they're getting on my nerves today. But you know what? I'm thankful that, that I've got a family to turn to. You know, maybe this Thursday, you're like, man, that turkey is burnt. Um, and it's probably not going to taste good. But I'm thankful for the meal in front of me. Maybe you're sitting there, you know what, my leg's broken today, but at least my heart's still beating. You know, there's always something that we can be thankful for, even in the midst of our greatest trials. You know, I think giving thanks, thanks thanksgiving, really changes our perspective and it rewires our brain. Because how often do we just want to be critical? We like to judge things. I mean, even in the best of circumstances, it, the day could be perfect. One thing goes wrong and we're just like, man, can you believe that? Right? We're, we're a lot better at being uh, critical giving than thanksgiving, right? That's, that's the way we're wired. Uh, I can think back to one of the happiest days of my life. It happened right here. Uh, it was my wedding day, right? Angie and I, our, our wedding day, it was, it was a beautiful day. You know, next to, to getting saved, it was like the best day of my life, right? Uh, 
And everything was going perfect. It was a lovely December day, some nice snow on the ground, and everything was going well. The whole ceremony went perfect. You know, we, we got to the whole part where they're like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. Ben Snyder. And, you know, it was great. Everybody cheered, and, and we start walking down this aisle. And there was no music. It was just silent. It was crickets. We had a song all picked out, right? And they were supposed to play it, and they didn't. And it was just weird and awkward, right? And that's all that's going through my brain. So we, we get out the door, and the first thing that I say to my brand new bride, first thing, right? I could be thankful for all the things that happened today. The first thing I say to Angie, can you believe they forgot our song? <laughs> Not very proud of that moment. So, but I have a very good wife. And she looked at me and she's like, really? That's the first thing you want to tell me after we just got married? I'm going to give you a second chance. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I, I need to rethink that one. So I was like, thanks for the reset. I was like, you're right. I love you, beautiful. Right? And, and I was able to, to, to change the script a little bit. I still love you, beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for giving me a second chance on that day and helping me realize that we need to be giving thanks and realize the good things. I mean, because we can go... We love to complain about weather here, don't we? We, we love it. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too much rain. It's not enough rain. It's not, you know, we, we like to pick and complain about anything that we can because that seems to be more fun than giving thanks. But what if we change that? What if we rewire our brains that instead of looking for the bad things, we start looking for the good things? And we start celebrating what God is doing. And we, start, we are thankful. So in the good times and in the difficult times and in the worst of circumstances, we choose to give thanks. It'll change your life if we start giving thanks. Start looking for the good in every circumstance. You know, it's Thanksgiving this week, so oftentimes this might be the one week that you intentionally pause to give thanks going around the dinner table. What are you thankful for? Take advantage of that moment. Don't let it pass by. But also, um, Thanksgiving shouldn't just happen on the fourth Thursday of every November. It should happen all 365 days, right? Let's bring Thanksgiving into every day of our lives. Let's make that a natural part of who we are as we just give thanks we're grateful because our God is good. Our God has blessed us with every single thing that we have. Nothing we have is our own, but God ha has given it to us out of his great mercy, out of his great love for us. We need to treat every day like it's Thanksgiving, and I'm not talking about eating a lot every day, all right? I'm talking about giving thanks. That's how we need to treat every day. God, I'm thankful. God, thank you that the, the sun came up today. God, thank you for breath in my lungs. God, thank you for a beating heart. God, thank you for a family. God, God thank you for your word that I can go and, and look at your word each and every day. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. You know, the last part of that verse, after it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in every circumstances, it says, for this is God's will. This is God's will. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's his will for you to rejoice. It's his will for you to pray. It's his will for you to give thanks. So I can tell you this. You never need to ask the question, God, do you really want me to rejoice right now? God, do you really want me to pray right now? Do you want me to give thanks right now? Yes. Yes. 
You are in God's will when you are doing those things. So you may be wondering today, well, what is God's will? You may have asked that question. What's God's will for my life? What, what, what should I do next? What's the next right step? God, why don't you tell me? Why don't you speak to me? God, would you show me what's the right thing? Well, let me tell you, the best thing you can do if you want to know what God's will is, is to start doing what he's already told you to do. And you'll find yourself in his will. And, and when you do that, you're going to position yourself to hear even more of what God's will is, more of your plan. So let's do the last thing he told us to do, and then he might give us the next step. So let's work on this rejoicing, this, this praying, this thanksgiving. He's already told us to do that. A couple more things that he's told us to do. We won't go into depth on them this morning. I just want to show them to you. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 also tells us, uh, in verse 3 it says, For this is the will of God. You ready? Here's the will of God, that you be sanctified, which means to be separated and set apart from sin, that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his uh, own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose and separated from things profane. We know this is God's will, to be sanctified, to be set apart from sin, to to get away from sinful things that are happening in our lives, to, to run away from sexual immorality. So if you're living in sexual immorality today, you're not in God's will. And we got to change that. we we got to make sure that we're positioned where God wants us to be. In, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it tells us that God's will is to do good. But what's funny is the context of what it tells us good is in that moment is listening to our human authorities. We don't like to hear that one too often. But it says that God's will is for us to listen to the people that he's put in charge of us, even when we disagree with them, even when we don't like that. That's what it says to be in God's will is. So why don't we start with the things that God has already told us to do? You know, in our house, we, we really enjoy playing board games. Any board game fans out there, right? So we, we love doing that. And so a couple times a week, you know, our kids will be like, hey, can we play a game tonight, right? We're around the supper table, we're, we're eating, and like, can we play? Like, yeah, we can do that. But first, you got to clear the table. You got to clean up this, this mess, Right? And then it's usually like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. We don't have to. They just want to get right to the game. But the thing is, if we want to get to the fun stuff, if we want to get to the next step, we've got to do the first step first, right? We've got to clear the table. We, we, we've got to make space for the next thing that God wants us to do. And in the same way in our spiritual lives, we want to get to that second step of like, God, tell me what your will is, like the fun part, God. You know, tell, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Tell me where I'm supposed to go. And, and we're sitting there and God's like, but I've already given you instructions. I've already told you. Man, you, you've got to make some things right. You've got to run away from the sexual immorality. You've got you've to listen to the people that I've put in charge of you. Uh, you've got to get yourself separated from sin in your life. You've got to rejoice always. You've got to give thanks in all circumstances. You need to make prayer constant in your life, all these different things. And he's telling us, start there. Start there. Clear the table. So that way I can fill it with something new, with the next plan for you, the next purpose that I have for you. So let's start with what God has already told us to do, to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in every circumstance. Atlanta, would you come? So I, I want to give us the opportunity to do that today, just to, just to have a little reset this morning. Like I said earlier, I'm so glad that... that Isaac and Rosa made that decision today to say, I want to be in God's will. I want to be in God's will this morning. I want to follow his command. But what command has God given you 
that you know you're not following today? Right? How can you add rejoicing to your life? Maybe you're, you're just walking around and your life is up and down with your circumstances and you just don't know how to control it. Where's your focus at today? Is it on the things around you or is your focus on Jesus? Maybe prayer hasn't been a part of your life. Forget pray continually. It's pray it all, right? And that just hasn't been a thing. Maybe today you need to make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to start adding prayer to my life. I, I'm not going to do those things where I just totally disconnect from God and, and uh, you know, I'm on my own. But, but I'm, I'm just going to be intentional about, God, here I am, I'm listening. As I'm driving to work, God, here I am, I'm listening. I want to I hear from you. As I'm with my family, God, what do you want to speak? God, what do you want to say? God, I'm not hanging up on you today. Maybe you've been critical. Just weighing the people down around you. Just You're always looking what went wrong. You're just nitpicking at things. Today, God, I want you to flip that. What can you give thanks for today? What can you rejoice in the Lord for today? That's not easy. It's difficult. But when we serve God, when we take time to spend time in His presence, He changes us. He, he transforms us. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good pleasing and perfect will when we allow our minds to be transformed how do we do that we get in God's word we get in God's word and we allow him to transform us head to toe rewire some thinking inside of us and then we will know what God's perfect good pleasing will is for our lives you know today maybe you've never follow Jesus before, we want to give you that opportunity. Because we know that Jesus, he died on that cross, and he rose again so that he could give you purpose in life. God's created each one of us with a plan and with purpose. And we spend a lot of time just trying to do it on our own, trying to come up with our own things. But, but God wants to give you his purpose today, his plan. Because it said that he, he wrote it down even before you were born, that he's got big things for you. He's got big dreams for you. So I want to give you that opportunity today. Would you, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment in this place? I want to give an invitation here. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, but today you'd like to, you'd like to say, God, I want to know what your will is for my life. I want to stop living for myself. God, I want to start living for you. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand and, and catch my eye? I want to pray with you today. I want to celebrate with you today anybody here that you just say I want to live for Jesus anybody in the balcony thank you Jesus thank you Jesus today if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior you can do that through a simple prayer just by saying God I believe that you died and that you rose again God, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to know your will for my life. I want to live for you. And the Bible says that when we confess him as Savior, that we confess that he, he died and that he rose again, that we will 
be saved. So let's, let's just pray this morning. Whatever God might be speaking to your heart, I, I just begin to seek the Lord. Jesus, we thank you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in each and every heart today. God, I don't know the exact words that you're, you're speaking to your people today, but God, I, I know you got something special for each one of them. God, whatever area they might be struggling with, whether they've never known you, God, whether uh, they need to work on rejoicing, God, or, or spending time in prayer, or just giving thanks, even in difficult circumstances, God, I, I pray that you would transform us today, that it wouldn't be something that we even have to think about. It's just who we are, because we serve Jesus, and, and he's living inside of us, and because my Savior's thankful and because my Savior is rejoicing, because my Savior is constantly in prayer and communication with, his, with, with our Heavenly Father, we want to be too. God, help us to be more like you each and every day. Oh, God, may, may you work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? As we go today, I want you to know the, these altars, they, they're, they're open, and I encourage you to spend some time. If, if God's speaking something to your heart, and you just need to spend some time with Jesus, I, I encourage you to do that. Praying for your blessing as you go this week, as you spend time with your family, as you uh, get around that Thanksgiving table, take that opportunity to be thankful. Take that opportunity to be thankful. But don't just do it just on Thursday this week. Do it every day. Take time to be thankful. Time to be grateful. Time in prayer. Time to rejoice, because we've got so much to rejoice about. Let's pray. Jesus, God, we thank you for your people. God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives, that even in the most difficult circumstances, you are there with us. You comfort us. God, you, you bring us joy. So God, I pray that we would leave in the joy of the Lord today. God, I pray that we would leave in communication with you today. And I pray that we would leave in thanksgiving. God, thank you for a beautiful day. God, thank you for the people that we have surrounding us that we can call our church family. God, we pray for many opportunities to share your word, to share the gospel this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. Again, these altars are open. If you want to spend some time with, with Jesus, I encourage you to do so.